Coming up today, what is the biggest margin you've ever won a game by? Have you ever turned up for a game after full time? And how can football animations make academic research easier to understand? Find out on this week's episode of the Youth Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Youth Football Podcast. My favourite number, by the way. Fantastic number. I'm your host, Adam Benny, joined, as ever, unfortunately, by Robbie McDonald. We've got Callum Watt on the podcast today and a debut. Connor Crabb, I think this is your, your first time on the on the pod. So welcome to the Youth Football Podcast. We'll be hearing more from our uh, guest reporters later on. We will also be hearing from Fiona from Research for Everyone. She's going to chat to us a little bit about the work she's been doing over at the University of Glasgow with um, heading in football and the links that that has to certain diseases and particularly dementia and how the Research for Everyone project is trying to you know synthesise that that work and, and make it a little bit easier for, for, for people like us to all understand. Now it's been a, a busy week for us, for us all. We've all had a certain few things going on, but we have a celebrity among us. Callum Watt has gone famous on Twitter for all the wrong reasons. Callum, what happened? No, just uh, obviously after last week going to Ibrox uh, with Hibs for Rangers away. Um, I think I was just bitter about getting absolutely turned inside out. <laughs> um, I love that you're admitting that. <laughs> a wee tweet just sort of. I don't know, see if we catch a few catch a few bites uh, <laughs> about about being in the away end and uh, yeah, I got my got my fair share. That's, that's that is amazing. But um, tomorrow night you're going to be up against Robbie's Robbie's lot. We're going to have a little YFS reporter derby, Hibs versus Ross County. Robbie, are you going to be throwing any lighters or unidentified liquids at, at Callum? If I can spot him, then I might have to take him. But, Robert, you, you've usually been abroad, or, or every, every time you do this, you, you've been away. Where was the most exciting place you were at at the weekend? Uh, Motherwell was quite exciting until we threw away the lead. <laughs> I was through. I was through. I was through in Edinburgh. I was through in Edinburgh on Friday night for a Kayleigh. So that was quite a good. That was a, a better way to spend my weekend. But this man yeah, never stops. Motherwell. Where's the Kayleigh in Edinburgh? Pardon. Where was the Cayley in Edinburgh? Someone in Leith. It was like my mate, it was one of the boys' 21st. So, you know, dance the oh, night away. Okay. Had a wee, a wee excursion to drop kicks, which Ramsey will remember from the night before the Cali Cup. When he was... Oh, drop kick Murphy's, what a place. What a place. <laughs> going that day. But yeah, a, wee, a night bus home got me back to bed for 5.20 before the Motherwell game the next day. So that's a, not, not the best preparation. A Cayley for a 21st is a bit rogue, is it not? It's fantastic, mate. I think it, it should, should happen more often. It's very yeah, I'm sure it's, it's quite it's quite unusual, isn't it? That's quite and the his it was like a joint twenty first with his sister. The uh, sister's down in Loughborough, so there was quite a few there was quite a few English ones up. Oh, right. They were uh, struggling with a couple of the dances, but they got through <laughs> in the end. And I was, I taught them, I taught them a thing or two. You might see a dancer, Robbie. Mate, if it's Scottish dancing, I if I can't really dance. I can hack, you know, from my Highland roots. If yeah. you chuck me in the middle of a dance floor and ask me to cut some shapes, I don't think it's going to go down too well. 
<laughs> I've got this awful picture in my head of you awkwardly standing with a drink in one hand, trying to cut shapes with the, with the other hand, <laughs> and some rubbish Glasgow nightclub. And it's, it's, it's a harrowing image. I have to say, I have, I have think I, I have seen that before. And um, but Connor, podcast debut for yourself. Um, we've had to ask pretty much every reporter that's come on this same same uh, same question because we've had some great stories. What is your biggest report and fail? What is what is your your biggest L that you've you've taken uh, as as part of this wonderful industry? Let's see if you can you can top well, any 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 of the shockers we've had over the last few weeks. To be fair, yesterday was only my first contribution, so I've not had nothing yet. Everything went well with my report and everything yesterday. So maybe oh, wow. if you come back to me in a few weeks' time, we'll have something more to report on. Well, do you know what? On Anya's debut, she said the exact same thing, came back for a second podcast, and she'd gone to the wrong stadium. So, <laughs> so I was just... expecting that at some point. <laughs> We've just having, to, having to work for Daniel for your first contributions a bit of an L anyway, though. Well, I don't oh. think it was too bad, though, other than the five takes for his halftime piece to camera. <laughs> it's three for his full-time one, so... <laughs> uh, Robbie, Robbie, was that was that your work putting putting Connor with Daniel Gofoil for his for his first assignment? That's just no. I, I would never, I would never have done such a thing. <laughs> we put we put that one down to the producer Stuart. Yeah, uh, just, chucked him in Yeah, he's absolutely stitching you up there. If you can handle uh, one shift with Daniel, then you'll be absolutely grand. You'll be able to you'll be able to do a tour of Afghanistan if you can you can <laughs> cope with that. So yeah, yeah. you've been stood in good stead, Connor. Um, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Scotland women's national team. They'll be playing tomorrow night. Uh, they had unfortunately a, a Nations League match on Friday against the Netherlands, lost four 0 So I'm fearing the worst again for for tomorrow night. Hopefully, uh, can can improve on that. Um, Robbie, I'm looking at your notes here, right? And it doesn't surprise me whatsoever, right? So can someone take, right, Connor, Callum, I'll let you take a guess. Can any of you guess how how this man has managed to link the Scotland women's national team was in 4-0 to the Netherlands to Ross County? Oh, um, they played they played the team, the Scotland women's team are playing or something like that. We didn't play the Holland women's team, but we played the, the, we played the team we play in the stadium that they played in. So we played, there was a, a few years ago, we had a little, I can, to be honest, I, I struggled, Nijmegen, I think the team were called, they took a wee over at Digwell to pump us, pump us at home to get us some confidence ahead of the new season. I can't believe you put that in. Anyway, uh, good things for that first start for Kirsty McLean, making your own Ranger midfielder. So, um, big shout out to Kirsty, very well done. Um, I think by the time this comes out, probably will know the score of 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 the match will be taking place tomorrow. So let's let's hope for for a better performance. You know, at Hamden under the lights, decent crowd expected. So hopefully that can cheer the girls up and we'll, we'll get a better result. Uh, during the game that you were at at the weekend, Robbie, we had uh, a youngster doing very well, young looker Ross. Robbie, talk us through it. Oh, do you really want to make me yes. talk about it? Yes, you have to talk about it. I'm making you talk about it. This is uh, my Lincoln County again for all the wrong reasons. A bit of a horror show on Saturday. Played, played brilliantly. Played not bad going forward. How did you how did you go from played brilliantly to played not bad in two words? 
because I remember that there's also defending as part of football. <laughs> and that is something that my team can't seem to work out over the past few weeks. But, yeah, you know, you go 3-1 up, gift a goal two minutes ago, ref holds up, seven minutes for added time, straight away, fearing the worst. And then the board comes on for some youngster to come on for his home debut. Some youngster, no, then Luca Ross. Luca, Luca Ross coming on for his home debut. First game in the league at Fir Park, and you know, it was just always going to happen. Scramble in the box. Ross gets on the end of it, back of the net. My dreams are shattered, and his friends and family go berserk. As a as an advocate for for youth football, Robbie, you must be pleased to to see a seven seventeen year old get his first goal. He must have been delighted in the stands, clapping as as he was able to celebration. No, I can't say it was. Just five ten minutes before the bell, we brought on Dylan Smith, and I was like, you know what? This is a player we need to come and see at the game. But no, but no, Ross Ross got the best on that occasion. Terrible. And in the end there, bottom bottom of the group just now. So let's hope they can, you know, improve in performances at the next camp. But uh, Robbie's seventeen's also in action, a little bit more positive. Yeah, absolutely. We touched on the game last week where they they also lost to Belarus, a two one defeat away on the travels. But they did they did manage to bounce back last Tuesday. They had that game against Kazakhstan and managed to win it two 0 Callum Adamson got on the score sheet yet again for Scotland before Owen Sturton got the second about 50 minutes from time. By all means, it was a pretty comfortable performance. Like a good game, a good game of football, but Scotland did seem well in control. Unfortunately, they did lose 3-0 to Turkey the other night, but a good win against Kazakhstan, and that at least takes them off the bottom of the group. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about some continental action as well. UEFA Youth League love love the fact that we, we get access to these matches here at, at Youth Football Scotland and at Hamilton where we're playing against against Mulder. Um this was nearly like this is nearly mental. But like Calum, let's, let's just talk about Hamilton um in isolation first. The fact that they're in this competition, I believe it was for for winning the Club Academy Scotland under 18 league last season. Could be wrong, so don't quote me on that either that or the cup. Is it quite strange, you know, seeing a, a League One, well the first team plays in League One? But then they get they get to you know rub shoulders with with the elite of Europe at, at youth level. Yeah, it is it is a bit weird seeing Hamilton obviously taking well Hibs were in it last year and I was covering that and even at that point when like yeah matchups like Hibs against Borussia Dortmund it's just bizarre. Uh, but it's great experience obviously for the young the young Hamilton team um, and they were playing obviously as you said Molda who Hibs played last year as well so Molda becoming a uh, their trip to Scotland is becoming much more regular than they probably would have hoped. <laughs> yeah, those 19 boys, under 19s and older team will be absolutely sick of coming to Scotland by the time we get to next year and they draw Wraith Rovers on the 12s and, and, and the youth or whatever. But uh, 
Connor, we looked like it was a, a great comeback in the end for, for Hamilton um, under 19s. It seems to be a, sorry, it was nearly a great comeback in the end, didn't quite come off, but they did at one point get to a, a comeback, which we will talk about. But Connor, it seems like a club, Hamilton, are always produce top talents. Why, why do you yeah. think that is? Um, I feel like there's, they've always had a, a strong academy structure. Um, some of them go on to play at higher teams at higher levels and then some of them just stay where they are but hmm. I've always been really impressed with some of the young talents that Hamlin have come out with Yeah, it, it's, it always seems like their team has got like four or five academy graduates starting every game every, every time I've, I've covered Hamlin you look through their team sheet and there's, there's loads of academy graduates and that's you know not to mention the guys that like, go on and move on from the club and play at a higher level which I believe two boys did just at the end of the window they're moving on to to Norwich and Sheffield United, um, including Ryan Loney. So hopefully uh, he can kick on and, and and do very well. But we're, we're teasing you a little bit about how mental this game was with a comeback that was partially completed and then uh, and then unfortunately ended uh, right at the death. So let's hear from Alex Price, our reporter, who was out at the game to, to run us through what was an absolutely mental game of football between Hamilton under-19s and Mulder. Full time here in South Lanarkshire, it's finished Hamilton Aki's 4, Mould 2, meaning Aki's bow of the this year's UEFA Youth League in the first round of the competition. For the most part of the second half, it felt like it was going to be the fairy tale night that the Scots dreamed of. It only took Aki's 4 minutes after the restart to light up the thought of a comeback. Smart play between Neeson and Black on the right wing, seeing Kalala into the box. He slickly beat off Meachford and whipped in a dangerous cross into Meekin, who headed home from just outside the six yard box. Aki's were relentless after this in the 63rd minute a shot smashed off a Moles player's hand and Aki's were awarded another penalty. Black once again converted from the spot and got his hat trick for the night. Aki's looked again as they could have snatched a winner however a quick break in the 73rd minute from Mould seen Oscar Meachford burst down the left hand side and see a ball across to Leon Juberg Hovland who tapped it into Andre's Miko burst and he guided a missile into the top corner spoiling Aki's parties. Aki's huffed and puffed until the final minute, however it just wasn't their night. 5-4 it's finished on aggregate. Robbie, what a game. Alex is a lucky boy getting to, to watch that one. Are you jealous? No, absolutely. I've not not seen a game of that stature in a wee while, but just I was I was here, I was at home editing his like a piece to cameras coming through and like getting all the coverage as it was going out and I just could not believe what I was seeing. Like Every like couple minutes, like the first first half, Hamilton of course like go down, and you're kind of thinking now. Like I thought it was all over before the game, but once it goes to four, you're like right, that kind of puts to bed any yeah, chance. Four now, there's, there's no coming back from that. Yeah, and turned and, until there was, and then I think it was it was just before half time. I think the first goal went in. You're like still looking quite bad, and then after half time, goal, 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 goal. And suddenly it's four up. Yeah, Robbie, crazy, crazy game. Hatrick for Ben Black as well. Goal from from Patrick Deacon. So, you know, big big shout out to, to Ben Black for for that fantastic hatrick. But like to just to go down four 0 especially on aggregate, because it's a, it's a totally different thing as well when you, you've lost the first leg. That takes you know some mentality to to come back. Almost as, as great as the mentality of of the Motherwell players that done Robbie's team in, in in the last few minutes. At the weekend, um, unfortunately, of course, losing it with, with 15 minutes to go to, to lose 5-4 in aggregate. 
So that was a that, that was a tough one. Um, but Robbie, we had a double header of of youth league action. There was there was another game that YFS were present at. We did indeed. We had uh, a duo of Matt Kelly and Daniel McLeod, both who have, of course, been on the podcast a couple Choo-choo. of times. Choo-choo. They went off to uh, the City Stadium, home of Queen's Park, to see Celtic play against the Atletico Madrid. Of course, Celtic are in the kind of champions group in the UEFA League, so they are, their group just reflects the first team. And that's a, pre- is a pretty tough group, like Feyenoord, Lazio, and then biggest of all Atletico Madrid so it was obvious it was always going to be tough and unfortunately they did fall fall to defeat again Daniel McLeod was at the game so we can hear from him now it's all finished here at Lesser Hampton and it's Atletico Madrid who have emerged victorious in the UEFA Youth League the hosts started off the game well and kept good early possession but David Munoz opened the scoring with a header from a corner in the first half Ryan Belid doubled the Atletico lead with a late rebound and ultimately the Spanish side had too much quality for Celtic today. Yeah, so it was a pretty tough, tough afternoon for the Celtic youngsters, but 2-0 was a pretty, I would say that's quite a respectable result against a team of Atletico's stature. Yeah, I was actually speaking to Tubesy about this game and uh, he nearly got us an interview with Fernando Torres. Yeah, now, that, <laughs> that, that, well. that would have been so cool because... Obviously, Torres is, is, is the coach of, of that Atletico team. Um, apparently, he was up for it. You know, El, El Nino wanted to speak to YFS. That I can confirm, official and confirmed, El Nino wanted to speak to us. Um, but unfortunately, um, was restricted um, by media officials from Atletico Madrid. So, yeah, we made a new enemy in the Atleti media staff, not letting us get an interview with, with, with Fernando Torres. Uh, un- understand why. I'm sure uh, Mac, Mac and Chubsy would have been talking an absolute nonsense to him. We've never wanted to, to coach football ever again after hearing what they had to say. But I actually need to tell you, Robbie, um, I done a big favour for for uh, for Chubsy, Daniel McLeod, um, and his good friend, you know, Will Peter McKay. Through oh, yes. Done a little bit, uh, done a wee interview for them uh, for a university project, right? So they've, they've taken me away from my work. I'm, I'm a busy boy. I d- do this favour for them and they were like right I know this is a bit weird but can you like speak to Tubesy when you're answering the the questions even though it's Peter that was asking the question behind the camera I was like yep yeah, no bother and oh my god that boy was just trying to stitch me up the whole way through I'm do- doing a favour for him and I'm just looking at him and he can't stop laughing it's because he's not having to ask the questions I'm just trying to talking about some serious stuff like some um, but that's not a laughing matter and he's just smiling and laughing the whole way <laughs> You can't. Is, is that the type of professionalism you get within the, the journalism department at Glasgow Caledonian University, Robbie? I don't think either of them would be seen dead in my year group. I think they would be eaten alive by some of my course mates. But <laughs> uh, it appears the department might be might be falling off a wee bit. Uh, even the year below tubes, you can get Ramsey. That is showing the kind of the downfall of Cali. <laughs> the downfall. Callum, would you would you get that over in the east? Absolutely not. Although we did have to stoop to Robbie's level and ask him to come on for an interview for one of our projects uh, last week. So he was our basketball correspondent. Uh, no way. Man of many talents. But yeah, we were scraping the barrel there. Did, it, did that interview go down well in the end? Nah, it came out all right. I mean, we weren't very organised in most other stories last week. So I think that was one of the better ones. Dear me, Napier in the mud. <laughs> 
That is the, I've never heard, heard of anyone less qualified to talk about basketball. <laughs> oh, shocking. But um, Callum, that's you've, you've been doing some more interesting things than than interview Robbie. And I'm not just talking about doing the dishes and doing doing the laundry. I'm talking about the fact you get to, you you got to go and watch Spartans versus Broxburn Athletic. Um, at the weekend under 16's SYFA Southeast Region Cup game Regional Cup time I love the Regional Cup never won it never even got by the first couple of rounds um, but great competition um, tell us a little bit about, about your game Cal yeah so it was a pretty good game um, I wasn't sure if it was actually going to go ahead because it was on yesterday and we had well, Sunday and we had the, the yellow warning of rain so I was keeping an eye out on the Sarifa website for a wee postponement but no, it went ahead on the, the Astro at Spartans, thankfully on the, the stadium pitch so I could shelter under the under the stand and keep dry. But so, so much better than the other pitch. So much better. Yeah. Um I I did not envy the players having to play in that. The rain was just sheeting down pretty much from the first minute. But no, I mean, despite the conditions, they couldn't play too much good football because it was so slippy, but we still had a good game. Uh, Broxburn went went 2-0 up just after, they scored their second just after um, half-time and Spartans kind of looked, I mean, obviously 2-0 down in the cup, it looked as though they were they were going to go out, but they managed to managed to get it back to 2-0. To the captain, Jack Cameron, scored a penalty and then they, their equaliser was kind of, kind of, it was definitely very lucky. It was like 20-yard sort of P-roller that, Somehow went into the back of the net. Just was Angus the, was Angus Blacklock winning goals by any chance? <laughs> he wasn't, but it was definitely it was one that he would. Uh, you wouldn't um, put past him to to do as well. Um, but no, I think it was obviously it was so slippy. We got to let the goalie cut cut the goalie some slack. Um, his gloves must have been absolutely ringing with the rain. Um, so I Spartans pulled it back to two all, and then it went thankfully straight to penalties. Um, and Spartans keeper Keenan Murray, what a hero! He saved three penalties, and uh, Spartans won the shootout three one. So fair play to him. Even one penalty save, a goalkeeper would be loving that. But three of them, fair yeah. play. Three's nuts. Three's nuts. Rob, have you seen any more than that in a shootout before? Eh, uh, not a game I've been at personally. Yeah, was... I, I say that because I remember myself and Matt went to Celtic Park last year for the Glasgow Schools FA Cup final. And oh, this is terrible. Oh, I yes. I remember seeing this. I, can't, I cannot remember the names of the two schools. This is terrible. But one, one of the keepers, I genuinely think, saved like six or seven penalties. It was mental. Like Because it kept going on because both keepers kept saving like loads of penalties. And I think one saved more than the other, but it was, it was, a, it was maybe like seven saves to six saves or something. There was a few misses in there as well. But like it was like one 0 on penalties. It was, it was absolutely mental, and nearly everyone took one. I, can't, I cannot remember the exact number, but oh, that was that was a, a crazy game, absolutely crazy game. Um, but Callum, I believe you got a wee interview or a couple of interviews after the game. Who, who did you speak to? Um, yeah, so I caught up with Ford Mills and um, Denzel after the game. In fact, they'd actually they came up to me before the game, just as I arrived, and specifically asked that if they win I speak to them so they were uh, very much up for uh, for the interview so I'm sure we can get a wee clip of that now yeah let's, let's hear it let's hear from Ford and Denzel 
So I'm here with Ford and Denzel of Spartans under 16 so have just progressed to the next round of the South East Region Cup after beating Broxburn on penalties. Ford, what was your thoughts on the game? I uh, thought we battled hard to get the win in the end but it was a poor, it was a poor first half but we battled and got the win in the end. That's all that matters but yeah. You see, you went 2-0 down um, and then you clawed it back to 2-0 to take it to penalties. Did you always have the belief that you could come back and get into the game? Yeah, of course, you know, uh, we're good at coming back from, you know, getting goals down. And even when we conceded the second goal, we knew that we could always get the, the result that we needed. So next week you're in Scottish Cup action. You're into the next round of the South East Region Cup or Cup competition, something you think you can progress well in this season? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think, no, I definitely think our team's got in us to do, to do well. We just need to believe ourselves that we can do that. But I think we've got it in us to go far. Well done, boys. I'll go and let you get dried in the changing room. Cheers. Great to hear from Ford and Denzel post-match. Very willing participants, Calum. That's it. It's not often that you get that in, in this industry. Um, maybe maybe more more often at a grassroots level, but great, great to have boys um, so keen. Was it, was it your celebrity face that they noticed prior to the match to know that you're, you're the main man to speak to? Must have been. They must have felt sorry for me after the absolute hounding I've taken on Twitter over the last week. What <laughs> uh, to give me a wee word? Um, but nah, fair fair play to them. Especially, you could have they would have been forgiven for just running straight off into the changing room to to get dried. But now nah, they were still up for it. So fair play to them. Yeah, top lad. So thank you, Ford and Denzel. You also um, got a chat with the manager as well. So here's Coach Jimmy. So I'm now here with Coach Jimmy of Spartans under 16s. Jimmy, your boys have just progressed to the next round. What were your thoughts on the game? I thought it was a game of two halves in the first half. Um, Broxburn were far more aggressive than we were in the second half. I thought the boys showed some great character, some great battling qualities. Then we got back into the game at 2-2. And to be honest, they're a great bunch of boys. They're good technical players. And I never had... Um, any doubt that if we got that goal, we'd get back into the game. When we'd done that, I think we could have went on and won it in the, in the time scales. But happy to have got to the penalties and they've done the business. So, more than happy with that. As you say, they showed some good battling qualities. The weather, not too great, was that. Uh, did that impact your game plan in any way, having the rain lashing down for most of the 90, most of the 80 rather? It did, and as much as it for them, I've just came back for holidays in the sunshine, and I thought they were going to be freezing today, but uh, they've done really well. It was a hard, hard, hard game for every, for both teams, given the conditions, as you say. The rain was there, it's cold, but uh, that's the character of this team, as I say. They battled hard and put up with the weather and got us the, the one that we needed. So, thank you. Perfect, that's great. Congratulations. Yes, thanks to, to Jimmy and to Ford and to Denzel for, for chatting to us all about the cup victory and the South Region, uh, South, South Region, what's that? South East Region, making up words um, myself here. Uh, Connor, you also had the, the privilege of attending one of the matches between uh, Curry Star Whites and Pufferson United with the main man, Daniel Gofoyle. Before we get into the game, Connor, what was what sort of advice was Daniel giving you, you pre-match? He's a well-experienced member of our volunteer team now. What did he say, if anything? He was, he was very quick to tell me he's been doing this for four years or this is his fourth season. He was very quick to, to get on that. Um, uh, he, was, he was just basically saying just to keep calm, do, do what you can. Of um, course Daniel would say that. I've never met a man that's more calm, too calm. 
never gets never gets worried about anything. Um, the game itself was very very interesting. Um, finished two one Curistar Whites after a, a stalemate of a 0-0 in the first half, with not very much to report on. The second half was much more enjoyable. Um, Curistar went one 0 up and about five minutes into the second half. A brilliant ball held in by the striker Connor Rankin. Danced round a couple of defenders and slotted at home in the far corner with his weak foot. Um, then the game kind of got a bit feisty. There was a few yellow cards and stuff. And one of the Pomfreston boys seen red for a few words said. But you know, overall, the game the game was incredible. The second Curry Star White's goal honestly could be a goal of the season contender at that club or at, at City Far or whatever because the, le- the left back picked up the ball from a challenge. He launched it about 30 yards across the pitch to Conor Rankin, who brought it down and took it inside the defender. And with his weak foot again, scored a cut double to put Curry Star White's 2-0 up. Ooh, that's, that, that's a proper cup tie, isn't it, Conor? You, you know, yeah. You, well, you was, get a was, screamer, you get red cards all over the place. That wasn't even good. And from what I was... I, we were speaking to the, the Curry Star coach before the game, and from what he intended, there was um, quite a gulf in the league tables between Pomfreston and Curry Star. Oh, so really? they, they they described it as a David and Goliath match. So it sounds like it was quite a giant killing for them to to get the win against Pomfreston yesterday. That must have been scenes at full time then. Oh, the first goal going in was scenes. Never mind full time. That's for sure. <laughs> what do you have parents lobbing the barriers on the pitch and everything? Oh it? yeah, Megatland was Megatland was the place to be yesterday in the in the rain. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, Daniel done a couple of interviews after the match, I believe, Connor. Yes, he did. He got um, Connor Rankin and Coach Connor. Yeah, so well, and de- he definitely done those interviews after the match and not at half time. Definitely after the match, yes. Um, but no, Connor, great to have you going to do your first first game. Um, sounds like you had had an absolute belter. What What do we think, Robbie? What do we think Connor's first blunder is going to be? Because everyone has to have one. Once you come on the podcast, it's a jinx. Like the next game, something's going to go wrong. What do we think is going to be? I don't really want to hazard a guess because I feel like that will make him think even more about it. I'm kind of excited to see what happens so yeah. he can tell the story for us. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be we've had what wrong wrong venues, missing equipment, uh, dog walker interferences, um, what, 50-plus take piece to cameras. Well, we've, we've, we've had a lot, so, Conor, we can all, hoping you can add one to to the, to the big oh, I'm sure I will at some point. I'm, 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 I'm saying hoping as if this, this is so <laughs> unprofessional. We're, we're praying on the downfall of our, of our own of our own media team members just just for a cheap laugh on the podcast. But no, I'm pretty know. sure it was uh, shortly after I came on the podcast the first time as well. I was writing up some match report from whatever game, and I must uh, well definitely did look at the wrong team sheet, um, and effectively had said like someone had scored into their own goalkeeper to give their side the lead. And then it took until one of the parents actually commented on the Facebook post being like, I don't know who this reporter is, but he's completely got it wrong. I had to <laughs> sheepishly message Robbie and be like, oh, by the way, can you change that name? <laughs> That's bad, brutal. Oh, well, at least, at least uh, one of our, our, our the kind parents was... Was kind enough to, to let you know that you, you made an error. I think we had a nearly a nightmare, Robbie, from from James at the weekend with, with a bit of traffic. James Henry doing uh, having having another YFS contribution. What happened there? 
Well, it wasn't nearly a nightmare. It actually, was a nightmare. <laughs> the poor boy was stuck in stuck in trap. He was messaging us, being like, "Right, I'm gonna get like I'm on my way to the game. Left the plenty of time." Like I went to his first game with him, and me and him were both spent the first five minutes of the game trying to find the football pitch. <laughs> so like, yeah, he, he had a bit of a, a bit of a history. So this time he thought, "I'll I'll set off early, get there on time," and the M8 was just at complete gridlock. Oh, and there was a, I there might have been an accident, and he was stuck there for the next two hours. Like, <laughs> Matt, it turned, uh, we were messing, and we were like, right, fair play, like, fair play if, if you're going home with that. But if you stick it out, try and get there as soon as possible, try and like chat to the coaches, improvise a bit. And then I get that hallowed, harrowed message that just turned up. Nobody's here. Everyone's gone home. Oh. So fair play, James. A good, a, a wee shout out there for still, still persevering and turning up. But no, shame a bit of a, a bit of a howler for him. Yeah, and as, as a nightmare. I feel bad for James. I really like James. He's he's a, he's a great lad. So we'll get we'll get him on the podcast um, soon so that he can tell the tale of his own, <laughs> of his own blunder to fully initiate him in, as part of the YFS team because everyone's got to to do it. Um, Robbie Warren was was out a game at the weekend as well. Um, regional Cup weekend, um, a match between Haddington and Edinburgh South. So let's let's hear from Warren. Today I was watching Edinburgh South Athletico versus Haddington under 17s in Division One. Good battling at the start of the game, but Haddington came out strong with two good goals in the first half, and then managed to secure another in the second half. Though Edinburgh South Athletico came fighting for the goals in the second half but unfortunately couldn't get a ball in the back of the net. So the game finished 3-0 to Haddington. Robbie, sounds like a belt of this one, eh? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant game. Haddington were on form throughout. Edinburgh South, like, held in and they were fighting back, but Haddington managed to get two two goals early on. I believe they're one of the the higher teams in the league and they kind of, they showed their class eh, on Saturday scoring two good first half goals in South then did look after half time they were fighting back and it looked as though they would be able to get themselves they could get themselves back into the game but Haddington had a very professional outlook to the game in their interview in their interviews after the game the players were talking about how they just like to keep it simple and try and get the job done and they did that indeed getting a third of the afternoon and managing to see out the game as 3-0 winners so we can hear that interview from Luke and Sam now. Uh, thought we dominated in large parts. Uh, kept the ball quite well. First ten minutes they, they came out quite quickly, but I thought after that we, we got a foot on the ball and started to dominate things. Obviously got the first goal, and then we just pushed on for there. Nah, I'd say the same. Obviously it was a bit of a scrappy game to start with, but I feel like we dominated most of the game. And- but we're always going to win that game, I feel. Yeah, you guys had some really good goals, but you kept going in the second half. What was um, your coaches telling you at halftime? Um, they just said, keep going, obviously. They knew it was going to be a tight game. They knew they were going to come out at the both, start of the both halves hard. But just if we got through that 10 minutes, we'd end up getting more goals and winning the game eventually. Yeah, just to keep keep that winning mentality. Like, it, it's, it's about coming to these places. Like they're all, Every game's going to be hard in this league, but we, we just need to keep doing what we're doing keep playing the football that we play and we'll get the results. Yeah, I thought the opposition had um, good pressure on you and you guys managed to handle that well. Yeah, well, that's what we've always been taught to do. We've got a really good pass inside and we work on it. Plenty of possession drills in game and training and it pays off on the pitch. 
Yeah, it's just about football's a simple game if you just keep everything simple. So it's it's about it's about just keeping the ball and and, and waiting on the right time to, to do what we need to do. Cheers, thank you guys. Perfect. Cheers. Yep, so good to hear from Luke and Sam there. I thought both boys spoke very well of the team. But yeah, it wasn't just Lord in that game. Ramsey was also at a game at the weekend and his one was an absolute cracker. He was at Drum Chapel against Strathclyde. So we can hear from Ramsey now. Full time here at Springburn Park where Drum Chapel came out on top against Strathclyde under 21s. Sean opened the scoring for Drum Chapel only around 20 seconds in, which gave them the perfect start, but Strathclyde fought back and after a good period of possession play, had an equaliser through their man Adam with a clinical snapshot finish. Strathclyde were, Strathclyde were to go ahead in the second half though, a free kick came in and even though Drum, Drum Chapel keeper Jack made an excellent save, Adam was there to finish. Drum Chapel wouldn't lie down though and after a good period of play for them, Owen slid in an equaliser after a goalmouth scramble. It looked like the game would end a draw, but Martin of John Chaffles played through and sent an absolute screamer into the top corner. It was absolute limbs for John Chaffle as they celebrated emphatically. Full time here at Spring- Springer and Park with the score Strathclyde 2, John Chaffle 3. Robbie, we had reporters all over the place, loads of games. We didn't have to include everyone, but of course you had to put in one of Strathclyde Junior getting beat. Have you done that just to wind me up? Yeah, that's. Of course, a deliberate. I was just about to bring that up, how you've obviously left Strathclyde now, but it doesn't seem like the team's got any better without you, has it? Um, well, you wouldn't have caught, you wouldn't have ever caught me playing for the under-21s in the first place, mate. Yeah, I was always a first-team player, so get that right before before you come and slag, slag that team. Come on. Um, the the, tw- the 21s are, are actually a good side. They're, they're made up of, of uh, boys exclusively that are in first and second year at the club lots of good players there that have gone on and done really well for um for the first team um the coach andy andy so does a, a great job um with those lads so um, unfortunate defeat sounds like a great game jump jump chapel always have have great sides um but i've, I've got to see if, if strafford won andy is a great interview so like andy said would have been brilliant to, to have one right one final um game to to, to go through robbie we had a debut for someone that had made an on-field debut before an off-field debut for YFS. Yeah, well, this is one of my course mates, Kieran Luddy. He had been... He actually applied to join the media team, I think, back in March and got completely patched off by our producer, Stuart. No way. After being... Which Kieran's like to, like to remind him about. But after being dragged in to the YFS Cup, not that I like to mention it much, but of course, Kieran, Kieran did get his revenge on Stuart, putting him to the sword, getting the win for the West team. Yeah, Kieran scored as well. Good goal from him. And it's a, he's one of these players, I knew when we were trying to find a replacement, when we were trying to find a last-minute player to come into the game, I knew Kieran. I, Kieran was one of the ones I was hoping would not be able to play for your team. <laughs> but having asked a few of my less talented course mates, we were left with Keenan. Of course, he managed to get get the goal against us. But as a reward for that hard work, Stuart did eventually allow him into the media team. So he had his first game at the weekend, and we can hear with him, we can hear from him now. It's full time here at Ballarup, where Drumzagger Blues have met W Academy six three in the Glasgow and District Youth League. 
Despite the heavy rain, the game burst into action with W Academy scoring two well-worked goals within the first seven minutes. It wasn't long until Drumzager found their feet and their intense pressing paid off, putting the game at two each within 20 minutes. A couple cracking goal in clearances from the Academy's captain kept the game level as we went into half-time, only to see the second half start just as the first. Drumzager went ahead for the first time this morning with a penalty after a late challenge from the W Academy goalkeeper. His teammates found the third though and brought the game level at three each, only to see Drumzager dig in and find three more. Both teams done very well to play an attractive style of play despite the ugly weather conditions, but it's Drumzager that come away with the three points. Yeah, what a game that was. 6-3 to Drumzigard. Drumzigard 2-0. 2-0 down early on. Managed to get the comeback. Have you ever scored six goals in a game before, Adam? Um, yes. Uh, I think the most... Well, not personally. I've never scored six. No. no I was going to as say... Yeah, yeah, yeah as, as a team. Yeah, I've, I've never scored six. But I think the most my team scored in the game is 19. We won a game 19 now. That's maybe the most. But I've, ne- I've never scored six person, personally, no. Not at all. Well, Robbie, what's your biggest margin, Robbie? In, in primary school, we used to get some pretty big wins. Like, yeah. I remember... Well, at lunchtime, in the playground, I. No, no. False cover was an institution of school football. <laughs> and I think 20, 23-5, I think, was our biggest win that we managed to get in. In 23-something, I was a keeper, so I still did concede five goals, which was a bit of a downfall. But you, you stop you stop trying quite so hard when you've when your team scored 20. But no, the, the boys did well that day. And when I got to when I got to secondary school, I tended to be more on the, the receiving ends of those kinds of results. <laughs> Callum Connor, any any games you've been a part of as a as a player or or, or, or on either side of, of a pumping? Um I can't remember. Sorry, I can't remember any massive wins that we got. But um, when I used to play for Salveson, uh, who used to be one of the the better boys clubs in Edinburgh, I think our age group were one of the only ones that let them down. Uh, <laughs> our first season in eleven asides, we were on the back of um, a sixteen nil and a thirteen nil loss in the same season. It was it was pretty grim. Uh, although that 13-0 loss was to Edinburgh City, who somehow must have thought I was a decent player and tapped me up the following week. And then uh, I went to play for Edinburgh City for a few years after that. So, uh, right. But they were... They well, were let, me, let me get this straight, right? So, Callum, were you always a centre-back? Uh, aye, since like 11s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've been scudded 16-0 at centre-half and, and the other team has decided they wanted to sign you? Yeah. It's a bit mental. Didn't quite believe it, but uh, I one of the boys that I knew that played for that team uh, messaged me like the day after, and he said, "Oh, one of my coaches wants you to come along to training on Wednesday." So, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> Must have thought it was a bam up. <laughs> but I so I went along, and apparently it was true. So ended up moving to Edinburgh City. But yeah, I don't know how. Don't know how they thought I had any sort of worthwhile qualities if I centre back and we just got beaten 13 0 but we'll take it. Connor, how would you feel about that if you had a, a centre half part of a, a back line that's just been pumped 13 0 and he, he jumps ship and joins a team that's just dished out the pumping three, four days later? Um I'd probably be 
quite happy for him to go and play for a team that's that's winning games. But um, if he, I'd be a bit more upset if he came back and scored against us. That's for sure. Nah, don't worry. I never scored any. I think maybe one in like four years. So I barely got past the halfway line. Brutal. Uh, Connor, any any experiences? Primary school, I had 21 now in primary school. High school. Four year against you. That was for us. We won 21 now. High school, we had 10 3, I think was our biggest. And at club level, my biggest was 8 now for us. There you go. Proper player among among our ranks, unlike people that are getting beat 60 now and then getting signed by the other team. (laughs) Signed by the other team. Bobby, who was. Uh, part of a great team, but sounds like he was the weak link in his primary school team as a keeper who went in five. If you're scoring 21 of that, I don't, I don't know how the other team are even getting five shots on goal. So that's that, that's poor from you, right? Anyway, we've got completely sidetracked there, completely sidetracked. Um, we're talking about goal fest. It wasn't this wasn't even a big big margin, just a game with a lot of goals. Six uh, three, of course. Um, we had a, a little interview post match. Kieran was speaking to Craig Thornwell. Great comeback, uh, W Academy uh, came right out the traps, two holes up within I think five, seven minutes. Uh, they really pressed, they really wanted to go on the ball. Our boys were kind of, uh, to be fair, they were still trying to go on the ball, but they were a bit shell-shocked with the two holes, but I think they kind of stuck to the task, and to be fair, I think once they got a wee bit of a, a kind of handle on the pace of the game, uh, we then got two holes back, and I think for them, we just slowly but surely got our foot in the ball and started moving about the way we, we always try to do. Um, so, my initial reaction is basically W Academy, you know, what a start they had. Uh, two good goals, to be fair. Uh, credit to them. So, yeah. And like we were talking about the rain, has obviously been chucking it down the entire game. How do you think that affected the game, and how do you think the boys reacted to it? To be honest, I think. Even in Astro, you're thinking it's it's never going to be unplayable. But some of the goal mouths were actually flooding as the game was going on, you know, that way. But to be honest, um, I think the boys handled the, the weather conditions fantastic, to be honest. They were clearly cold and they were absolutely soaked and that can always have an effect on, you know, some players. Uh, but I thought, even you know, both teams, to be honest, I thought both of them really, really worked, uh, worked their socks off, worked really, really hard the whole game. Um, so I think they handled the conditions great because uh, it, it was challenging for them. And like you said, great comeback. It shows a lot of character in your team. How do you think that stands instead for the rest of the season? To be honest, uh, I think that's one of the things that we, we speak to the boys about. It's like we're up against some really good teams in this league. Um, we're not going to get everything our own way. Uh, teams are going to come out and, and really want to go on the ball. And, and to be honest, they're going to want three points. So we need to make sure that our boys are ready for that. They're ready, you know, to react. We, we always talk to them, you need to expect the team to score. So what character are you going to show to come back into the game? Or if it is one each, you need that goal. What character are you going to show to get on the ball? But be patient at the same time. Um, and, and just try and stick to what we work on, uh, you know, possession. But also take our chances. I think we had an abundance of chances today. I think quite a few of our players will be probably a wee bit disappointed that they, they probably didn't score another few, to be honest. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of the comeback, it's you know that that that's what football's all about. You go down. I keep saying if they score one, you need to score. It's as simple as that. To be honest, we've done that today. Came off some tough games in the league. We played Scotland a, you know, a few weeks ago. Ended up 7-6, that was a very similar game, very tight game. Um, and it's just about that that vital goal, that one chance. But three points is, is at the end of the day is all that matters. But these ones, condition-wise, the fact that we were behind, these ones will, will mean a lot to the boys. So, yeah, yeah really good. That point, yeah. 
Superb. Thank you very much, Craig, um, for catching up with Kieran Postmatch. Really appreciate it. Um, anyway, let's, um, let's, let's move on because I can introduce a very special guest. We are now going to be speaking to Fiona Barlow, who um, has been heading up a project called Research for Everyone that's trying to, to make you know academic research a little easier um, for, for everyone to, to understand. And specifically, the project she's been working on involves football. And of course, um, a lot of research that has gone into the link between herring and football and dementia and other um, neurological diseases. So Fiona, thank you very much for joining us. For those that, that don't know yourself, can you give, your, give us a little bit of an introduction? Sure, yeah, thanks. Um, I work at the University of Glasgow with a research group called the Scottish Learning Disabilities Observatory and they primarily look at the health and well-being of people with learning disabilities in Scotland so I support them uh, the kind of communication side of that work. Yeah Fiona it would be it would be very rude of us not to you know bring you in with the, the banter that we use on, on this podcast. You just announced there that, that you you work for the University of Glasgow. I'm afraid that is not on whatsoever. We, 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 like, we like to have some uh, uh, you know some some intra educational establishment um, banter amongst us, and GU is one of the ones that I, I'm not fond of myself. I don't know about you, Robbie, as, as a Cali oh, man, that's something you can stand for. I it's <laughs> certainly the bottom the bottom of the three Glasgow ones. Oh, <laughs> are any of the boys? Are any of the boys at YFS at GU? At GU? I, I don't think any of us are clever enough, mate. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, well, they let me in, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why we're, we're talking to you as an expert today, if you want, because um, you've been working on a, a very special project that I think many of our, our listeners would, would like to hear more about. Can you tell us a little bit about you know what you've been doing to try and... Um, make the, the the research that's been done for heading in football and the diseases that can cause what, what have you been doing with, with your project to try and make that easier for, for people to understand um yeah so the project is called research for everyone and it's about as you say making complex health research easier to understand for as many people as possible you know a lot of important health information is often written in a way that's too difficult to understand and you know we think that everyone has the right to meaningful health information um, and we worked with colleagues at the University of Glasgow um, and people with learning disabilities <laughs> to translate to high profile health studies including the, um, the very well-known study that looks at the links between head and the ball and the risk of developing brain diseases like dementia and we translated those two studies into three different formats to help people understand the research. And we created two two-minute animations, uh, two short podcast episodes, and two infographics. And infographic is like a poster or a flyer, you know, it has clear images and clear language to explain the research. And we chose those three different formats to, you know, animations, infographics, and podcasts to try and engage with as wide an audience as possible. You know, some people find it easier to look. At images, other people prefer to read or to listen. And we also created um, British Sign Language versions of the animations, again, to try and make sure that we were engaging lots of different audiences. Um, no. the, sorry. Oh, sorry, on you go, on you go. I, I jumped in there earlier, sorry, keep going. Um, I was just going to say, um, actually, no, you go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to ask, why do you think this is this is so important? Because I'm sure a lot of people will maybe have heard the, you know, the headlines or, or, or 
specific stats with with head, heading in football, which has of course led to you know policy changes and, and even some rule changes um, within training, especially at youth level. Why do you think that's so important? You know, the wider research can can be understood by by, by everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, as you say, you know, lots of people are interested in football. Lots of people have a connection with health conditions like dementia. You know, there are a lot of players whose lives have been affected by these health conditions. And this study that we translated and the wider body of research around sports, head injuries and brain disease has had a huge impact on the game. You know, as you say, it's influenced the rules for professionals and for youth players. Um, and we just thought it was really important to help explain the, the science behind the headlines so that people could understand it. Um, we wanted to make that information just more accessible and more engaging for public audiences. Um, you know, it kind of comes back to the the right to, to meaningful information. And, um, you know, we do a lot of work with people with learning disabilities who are a population of people who experience a lot of health and social inequalities and thinking about access to good information about health conditions that either affect you or that you're interested in learning about. The lack of access to information is an inequality. So we were approaching it from that perspective and thinking, you know, this is something that lots of people have strong feelings about, you know, football, or they may have a personal connection with someone who's experienced that health condition. Um, and we just wanted to make sure that people could understand the science behind the headlines, really. Um, we also had the pleasure of working with Sky Sports news presenter Hayley McQueen. She narrated the, the football animation. And as you probably know, um, and your listeners probably know, you know, Hayley's a big advocate for better support for players affected by um, these neurodegenerative diseases or brain disease, as we like to call it in the Research for Everyone project. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can you tell us what was the, the thinking behind using, you know, animations, podcasts, infographics? Because I'm sure, I'm sure there would have been you know, countless news articles where people have, have, have taken the information um, from the research and tried to, you know, make that for as easy to understand as possible. But as you've said, it's, it's not really it's not really for everyone that being able to, to read the words on a page. I think it's quite important to be able to, to show someone rather than tell them as well. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you know, we work with people with learning disabilities um, at the Learning Disabilities Observatory. And what was really fantastic and innovative about we worked with six people with different communications needs and they brought this fantastic, fresh way of looking at, you know complicated scientific language and um, really broke it down and challenged that typical uh, academic way of talking about science and talking about research. And, you know, again, thinking about the ways that different people consume information. Some people like to listen to a podcast, they like to listen to um, uh, a chat, an interview. Some people prefer a wee bit of storytelling and, and some people like to have the information, you know, they can print out and hold it in their hand or put it on the wall or keep it, you know, and um, we wanted to try and engage with the different preferences as well as different, you know, communications needs and styles. Um, so, yeah, the group of people that we worked with really helped push that, you know, they developed, but they really challenged long, complicated scientific words. And we're like, why say it like this when what you really mean is this? So, you know, they put together the script. They also chose what 
the colors and the visuals, what people, you know, what the characters looked like in the animation. It was a very um, kind of hands-on approach from the group. And we worked with a brilliant animation company called Media Co-op, who are really good at kind of, yeah, um, working in this kind of innovative way. Um, so yeah, we, we hoped that these different formats help people to connect with the research, whether you prefer to sit and have a cup of coffee and listen to a podcast, or you like to watch an animation. And I think the really key thing is that um, they're for people of all ages. You know, um, we try to design things that, you know, children, young people might, you know, I think perhaps the animations might appeal more to younger audiences, whereas a podcast might appeal to slightly older audiences, but actually the people that were interviewed you know, it was a researcher, John McLean, who is one of the, he's the chief executive of Hand and Sports Clinic. And he was one of the authors on the study about football and dementia. And he was interviewed by um, Michael McEwen, who is a learning disabilities activist and self-advocate and journalist who's very into football. And the conversation between them helps break down the study again in just really clear terms so that people people like me who don't have a huge knowledge about football can understand what the science is about, what it means and what the recommendations are for the game in order to keep people safe and reduce that risk of head injury uh, or reduce that risk of developing brain diseases like dementia. Where would you like to see this work used because I'm, I'm sure you, you would like this to be to be spread to as, as many areas as possible so that your, your work gets out there but who, who do you think can, can benefit from, from this specifically so well we're, yeah we're really um interested in I mean this is a new approach for us um at the university and we're really interested in getting feedback and, and hearing what people think of the podcasts of the animations of the infographics um and kind of using it I suppose they're quite educational, they're quite informative, but we're also hopeful that they're quite, um, you know, eye-catching and engaging. And whilst we're talking about health conditions that can have a really devastating impact on a person's life, the approach that the group took to creating these, you know, this information in this way, we've tried to keep it as um, light and easy to understand and engage with as possible. So, yeah, I mean, we've been sharing them on our social media channels and using hashtag research for everyone 23. Um, they're on our website, along with a wee short survey where people can tell us what they think um, because we really are interested in getting feedback. So we understand whether this is a good approach to sharing research and if it is something that people they want to see more of and and yeah it'd be really great I think for people who listen to your podcast people with an interest in football of all ages and stages in life um can kind of take a look and tell us what they think what's next for for your group then what's 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 next for the research group what what have you got coming up what would you, you you like to achieve we're hoping to be able to you know to to take this approach so working with um people who learn disabilities to translate you know to challenge in the typical academic way of talking about research and um, produce something that lots of people find interesting and informative and helpful. We would like to be able to do that across different areas of health, um, but we, yeah, we need to kind of see how we got on with this one first and you know get that feedback and evaluate it a bit. Um, but yeah, what we'd like to be able to do is, is roll this out so that research for everyone becomes really um, 
standardised and embedded at the University of Glasgow and then hopefully across other universities, <laughs> not just in Glasgow, but <laughs> elsewhere. So, you know, and it's encouraging other researchers to take a look at how they share their findings and think, well, is there a way I can make this clearer so that lots of different audiences of all ages, of all backgrounds, people with different um, neurodivergent conditions, people with different communications needs, how do I make my information available to everyone? That's what, you know, we want people to take that approach, but that's probably quite a big vision, <laughs> one, one thing at a time, I guess. Yeah, and for, for those who are listening to this that, that might want to go and, you know, watch the, some of the animations or, or listen to the podcast, where can they go? I know you touched on a little bit. Where can they go to, to access it and, and how can they get involved and, and, and help the project in, in future? Yeah, so um, our website is, um, I don't know, should I read a link out loud or maybe... Yeah, go for that, go for that. It's really clunky, isn't it? So yeah, it's um, sldo.ac.uk slash inclusive hyphen research. And you'll find everything about the Research for Everyone project there, including the animations and the links to podcasts and the infographics and also the surveys. So feel free to take a look and let us know what you think. And feel free to share on any social channels that you might have um, using hashtag research for everyone. Thank you. If you want to thank you very much. Is, is there anything we've, we've missed that you, that you wanted to cover? Anything that you would like, <laughs> would like to add? I'm just checking my notes, make sure. Um, no, hopefully, yeah, hopefully that's all the, the key stuff, you know, just making sure that people know it's there, why we're doing it, and that we want, you know, to encourage people to have you know have a watch, have a listen, have a read, and then let us know what they think. So, yeah, thanks very much for having me on. No, that's absolutely perfect. Thank you very much for, for giving up your time, Fiona, this evening. That's no really helpful, and hopefully some of our, our listeners can, can go and check it out and, and Maybe that can, can can help them understand some of the the complexities of the, of, of academic research for, for us specifically within within football. So again, thank yeah. you for your time, and uh, we really really do appreciate it. Thank you. All. That's great. And if I do hear back from my research colleagues, and if you're looking for a bit more of an in depth, um, you know, someone who's got the science um, <laughs> to come and talk to about this, then I'll be really happy to put you in touch. I just uh, wasn't able to hear from them in time for tonight, so. That's all right. Yeah. Keep in touch with you, Robbie. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, great to hear from Fiona. Um, speaking all about her project. So again, if you'd like to get involved, head over to their website or social media channels. Fill in that survey if if you can. Um, give the animation, the podcast, um, everything a, a little watch or, or a listen. Um, it might might be, be very helpful. So again, thank you. Fiona, but lads, unfortunately, that's all we have time for um, this evening to, to Callum, Connor, Robbie. Thank you all um, for giving up your time. Well done to Connor on his debut. We look forward to welcoming, welcoming you back when you make your inaugural YFS blunder. We'll hear all about it on the podcast to everyone that has listened this week. Thank you very much for your company, and we'll see you all again next week.